Hello and welcome back to Abercadaver. This is the 1912 Villisca Axe Murders. The Moore family moved into their Villisca home on 508 East 2nd Street in the year 1903. Josiah B. Moore, who was 43, and his wife, Sarah Montgomery Moore, was 39. They were married on December 6, 1899. The couple had four children together. Herman, who was 11, Catherine, 10, Boyd, 7, and Paul, who was 5. The family was well-known and liked by everyone in their town. On June 9, 1912, Catherine Moore had invited two neighbor girls named Lena Stillinger, who was 12 years old, and Ina Stillinger, who was 8, to spend the night at the Moore home. That evening, the Moore family and the Stillinger sisters went to the Presbyterian Church, where they attended the annual Children's Day program that Sarah had coordinated. They got there around 8 p.m., where the kids participated in the events. Once it ended around 9.30 p.m., they took the short walk back home and arrived between 9.45 and 10 p.m. The next morning, at 7 in the morning, a neighbor, Mary Peckham, noticed that the house was eerily quiet and that none of the family members had gone outside or had started their morning chores. Between 7 and 8 a.m., Mary knocked on their door but received no answer. She then tried to open the door, but it was locked from the inside, which was weird during that time because no one locked their doors. After letting their chickens out, Mary called Josiah's brother, Ross Moore. A short time later, Ross got to the house. He knocked on the door loudly and shouted, hoping to get someone's attention inside. Ross then got the keys to his brother's house and let himself in. Ross made his way through the parlor to the guest room and opened the door. He saw two bodies on the bed covered with bloodstained sheets. The two bodies were Lena and Ina Stillinger. Ross immediately ran back outside and told Mary to call the sheriff, Hank Horton. As the sheriff searched the rest of the home, a gruesome news spread around town. Wild gawkers had surrounded the house. Everyone in the house was brutally murdered. Every person in the house had been killed the exact same way by an axe, which belonged to Josiah. The axe was found in the guest room the Sillinger sisters had slept in. There were traces of blood left on the axe, but the killer or killers had attempted to wipe it clean. Lying near the axe was a two-pound slab of bacon wrapped in a dish towel on the floor. The murder started in Josiah and Sarah's bedroom first. Josiah suffered so many strikes to his face from the blade of the axe, his eyes were missing. Then the killer or killers used the blunt end of the axe on Sarah. Then the killer or killers entered into the children's room. Herman, Catherine, Boyd, and Paul were struck with the blunt end of the axe. On the ceiling were gouge marks from the axe in both the parents' room and the children's room from the violent force of the upswing. The killers then entered the parents' room again to strike them with the axe. Because of the force of the blows, a shoe was knocked onto the floor to fill up with blood. Then moving to the downstairs guest bedroom, Lena Stillinger was the only member of the household believed to be awake during the attack and tried to fight back. Lena was found lying across the bed with defense wounds on her arms and a blood stain on the inside of her right knee. Lena's nightgown was pushed up and she had no undergarments on, leading authorities to believe the perpetrator or perpetrators may have attempted to or had sexually assaulted her. All the curtains were drawn and the two windows that didn't have curtains were covered up with clothes. The killer or killers covered every single one of the victim's faces 
with clothing or bed linen after killing them. On the kitchen table was an uneaten sandwich and a bucket of bloody water where the killer or killers had cleaned themselves up. Another two pounds of bacon was found in an ice box. A kerosene lamp with the chimney shut off was found at the foot of Josiah and Sarah's bed, and a similar one was also at the foot of the Sillinger sister's bed. A piece of a keychain was also found on the floor of the guest room that was occupied by the Stillinger sisters. Even though no one has ever been charged for the murders, six people have been suspected for the murders. The first man was named Frank Fernando Jones. Josiah had worked for him for many years before Josiah had opened up his own store. There were rumors that Josiah had an affair with Frank's daughter-in-law, but there was no evidence to prove this. The second suspect was a man named Andrew Sawyer. Thomas Dreyer, who was a pile driver for the Burlington Railroad, had seated at 6 in the morning. He and his crew were approached by Andrew Sawyer on June 10, 1912. Andrew was described as clean-shaven and was wearing a brown suit. His shoes were muddy and his pants were wet almost to the knees. Andrew asked for a job, and since Thomas needed extra staff, he hired Andrew right away. Thomas said later that day, when they reached Fontella, Iowa, Andrew brought a newspaper with the murders and Velisca's front page news and walked off by himself to read it. Andrew seemed obsessed with the murders, asking if police had caught a suspect yet. The other crew members stated they found it strange that Andrew slept with his clothes on and were disturbed that his axe was always right next to him. Thomas stated that Andrew told him he had been in Velisca the night of the murders. Andrew said that he was afraid he would be a suspect, so he fled to Creston. Thomas Dreyer's son, J.R., had testified that as they drove through Villisca, Andrew told him that he could show J.R. where the man who murdered the Moore family got out of town. Andrew said that the man jumped over the manure box and crossed the railroad tracks. Just north of the embankment were muddy footprints. Then Andrew told J.R. to look on the other side of the car where he would show J.R. an old tree where the killer stopped, stepped into a creek. About four blocks away, headed south past the tracks, was an old tree. This raised red flags, so Thomas contacted the police on 18th, 1912. Andrew was dismissed as a suspect when he provided proof that he was arrested for vagrancy in Oscola, Iowa. A sheriff remembers putting Andrew on a train leaving Oscola at 11 p.m. The third suspect was Reverend George Kelly, and he was described as peculiar. He was a peeping Tom and would ask women and young girls to pose nude for him. On June 8th, he arrived in Villisca because he was going to teach at a Children's Day service. The same one the Moores and the Stillinger sisters attended on June 9th. George left town the next day, between 5 and 5.30 a.m., before the bodies were found. In court, George had confessed to the murders of the Moore family and the Stillinger sisters, but the jury did not believe him. In the following weeks, George had wrote letters to police, investigators, and the families of the victims. A private investigator did write George back and asked him for details about the murder. George described the murder in great detail, but because of his history with mental illness, sheriffs questioned whether his confession was legitimate or not. In 1914, George was arrested for sexually harassing a woman who had applied for a job as a secretary. 
he was placed in a mental health hospital called St. Elizabeth in Washington, D.C., and sheriffs suspected him again. He was eventually released, and in 1917, he was arrested for the murders of the Moore family and the Sillinger sisters. After many hours of police interrogation, George confessed, but then later recanted his confession and was acquitted of murder after two separate trials. The fourth was Henry Lee Moore, who was not related to the Moore family, was a suspected serial killer. Several months after the Villisca murders, he was convicted of murdering his mother and grandmother with an axe. Henry is a possible suspect in multiple murder cases with the same M.O. The fifth was Sam Moyer, who was Josiah's brother-in-law, and he often threatened to kill him, but he was ultimately cleared because he had an alibi. And the last was William Blackie Mansfield. Two years before the murders, he murdered his mother law his father-in-law, his wife, and their infant child with an axe. It is theorized that Senator Frank Jones hired William Mansfield to murder the Moore family. William is also believed to be linked with the axe murders in Pelea, Kansas, but he was released after a grand jury of Montgomery refused to indict him because he had an alibi that cleared him. Detective Wilkerson believes that William is a cocaine-addicted serial killer, he believes that William Mansfield is responsible for the murders in Illinois, Kansas, and Iowa. The murder victims had all been struck with an axe and the mirrors in the home was recovered. A burning kerosene lamp was left in the foot of the victim's bed and a basin with bloody water was found where the killer cleaned himself off. Detective Wilkerson convinced the jury to open an investigation into William Mansfield in 1916. William was arrested and brought to Montgomery County. William presented payroll records that would have placed him in Mansfield, Illinois during the Villisca murders. Because of the lack of evidence, he was unreleased. William then sued Detective Wilkerson and won $2,225. A restaurant owner named R.H. Thorpe came forward, stating that he saw William Mansfield walking from Villisca and was boarding a train the morning of the murders. If this statement is true, then William would have been in Villisca the night of the murders. Thank you so much for giving this case a moment of your time.